Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know the voice, you know the team. It's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. This is Larry Charles, one half of the hosting team. And I brought with us this week, it's not Brandon, but it is the first person to go around the world in 79 days, Mr. Brandon Fem. What's up, everybody? Just got back. How are you doing? Welcome to this week's episode, Roundtable News. Again, a little disclaimer, this is reflecting opinions of ourselves and not the company we work for. Please don't sue us. Don't hate us. Uh, It's just our opinions, right? And again, our special, special, special guests are... Uh, unofficial Mr. Roundtable podcaster, himself. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Roundtable himself, Ray Graham. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good to see you, man. Yes. How's everything over there? It's it's all good, man. Loving it. Yeah. So a lot has happened the last month, and let's just start it off with GDC, right? GDC right. was obviously. A thing that happens in San Francisco every year. Game developers all over the world. You guys should know about it. You guys should think about going to it. How was GDC for you guys? <laughs> like, what were the biggest uh, news that stuck it, out, at least? Uh, I'll, I'll pass that one over to Ray first, and then you, since you guys actually got to go. I, I read about GDC, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be the anchor on this one. Represent 90% yeah. of the world. Well, on, honestly, for yeah, well, honestly, for me, the biggest thing was all the Horizon Zero Dawn oh, yeah. um, talks and presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some really good ones, uh, graphics-related stuff. Uh, you know, they had one about tools, but I went to one of the graphics ones about uh, their terrain, how they do the the trees and the and the brush and the grass and all that. Super interesting. Um, yeah. That's pretty much like it was kind of light on really good, a lot of really good rendering talks this year as far as i was concerned and uh but the horizon zero dawn ones really really jumped out of me i thought those are pretty interesting the horizon zero dawn was that the only open the world game games. that's coming out this year that, that uh, it's out it's out yeah but like it's, was that the open world game this year that everyone's talking about yeah the other red-headed dreadlocks uh kind of like future tech but still in primit and primitive like survival kind of yeah yeah just it, like it, robot dinosaurs walking around yeah ro- yeah robot dinosaurs hunting but it, it looked pretty dope it, it the concept good. was interesting but everyone who's played it is like oh it's it's the truth yeah. oh but there, there's another open world game everybody's talking about but i guess we'll, we're gonna get to that later but that one's zelda of course <laughs> but <laughs> Don't forget, don't forget about Zelda, guys. Don't forget. Right, right, right. We'll talk yeah, about that one. Yeah. So, of course, Horizon Zero Dawn is out. Everyone's been raving about it. it it's pretty much like five years of Guerrilla Games just doing, well, more than five years. They were on Killzone, yeah. like, forever. Killzone was, yeah, Killzone has been their game for the longest. And then what was the last Killzone they made? It, it did okay. It was a PS3 but game, I, right? Killzone like 2. Like Shadowfall or something like that? Something, Killzone 3 or something. 
Yeah. They did a, P- a PS4 one, right? Yeah, no, yeah, they? yeah. They did a PS4 one. They oh, did they a did PS4. Yeah, uh, Shadowfall was on. Yeah, Shadowfall was on Shadowfall. Yeah, so I, I guess like yeah, the handcuffs came off from Sony, and they were able to finally make this game that they've all wanted to do, and it's just a hit, right? Yeah. Every, uh, two million yeah. in like two weeks or something yeah. that I've read. Uh, less than that, I think one week, two point one six million units in Shit. one week's time. Shit. It so, became the best uh, new IP debut for Sony ever. Right. So it definitely killed everyone that I yeah. know has given yeah. it like good ratings and everything. So yeah. uh, GDC for me is not as ex- well, exciting as in I didn't really attend any talks. I kind of at some <laughs> point I, I need to do like an episode on hacking GDC because yeah. I, I was there for, <laughs> for meetings. The buffets. But, yeah, the buffets. Basically, I had meetings at uh like a ticket reserved but i i wasn't able to get it till thursday so i spent like two three days like bumming off ray up there at unity in his nice cafeteria <laughs> i i had a few uh dinners uh on riot time epic time <laughs> but my my whole thing as soon as i landed was like how how do i get free food and not pay for anything <laughs> <laughs> so GDC success from that point of view, uh, but yeah. like you know, for students out there and professionals already know this. Most of GDC, besides the talk, obviously happens outside of GDC, and you see yeah. this at the the parties. You see this outside of Metreon, just outside on the lawn. It's just a bunch of game developers lying out in the sun, <laughs> which is uh, pretty dangerous because most of them are pretty pale from indoor activities. <laughs> So, Damn, <laughs> I'm just saying we stay inside a lot, right? It's normal. Savage. But, like, as far as students, like, one of the – this is a little tip for students. The one number one thing they always say is, like, GDC is expensive, right? 800 bucks or 300 bucks for students or something like that. Just yeah. get a ticket to fly there or drive there with a couple friends, you know, cram into a hotel room together, stay with another friend because most of the contests you can make is just really outside in the bars, outside on lunch areas or, or dinners. So I saw that a lot and it was funny for me just running into old friends that I haven't seen for like seven years, just brushing shoulders because it is very compact and, and like crammed in, in those pretty much like three blocks within gdc you, you see everyone yeah. once a year it's really fun it's like a little reunion so for that reason uh, i really encourage students to go to just experience that's really cool so I, I had a lot of fun yeah that's uh though i didn't go that's one of my favorite parts of gdc as well it's like it's worth it just to reconnect with people you haven't seen in forever you know and share stories like oh man remember when we did such and such you know that's a good part yeah. um GDC for me was pretty dope. Uh, I love scrolling through the interwebs and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not salty. It, it was good because uh, I was really excited to see a lot of the updates. <laughs> for the epic updates were good. The education summit was nice. If you want to drop a line or two about that. Yeah. So uh, I was there for uh, GSO, uh, Games Go Online, the thing. Uh, and we were speaking at the Epic Summit, just kind of promoting it out there, telling people what's up with GSO and stuff. So uh, it was cool. It was a good experience. Epic invited us out to talk about it. And uh, 
uh that was part well main, one of the main reasons why we were up there for meetings but uh generally uh yeah i haven't been back for two three years and uh i, I kind of forgot how how crowded and congested it is with game developers just for that week like i i, w- I was in the conference and just strangers who are not familiar with our industry would just walk in and ask like uh, a person working at gdc saying like what what is, what is this he's like oh this is the uh <laughs> this is the hall the south hall so what you want to go to the south hall. yeah no 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 what is this <laughs> so he has no idea that game developers are getting together talking about game developing stuff so i think sf is largely uh not very knowledgeable about what we do every year so it was cool a little awareness that we're out there doing stings <laughs> So my favorite piece of news from GDC, though, is you can put vibes on layaway. And that is awesome. Yes. You don't have to pay the full 800 in one pay in one city. Yes. <laughs> Ray laughs because we don't, have, every, we don't get that. Yeah, that's pocket we don't have that, Ray. that yeah. stock options. Yeah, money. No, no, but I, 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 never, I never heard. I never heard about this news. It didn't really make a huge uh, splash. I never heard about it. I mean, you weren't looking for it, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally surprised by this news, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I heard that they're doing uh, payment plans for people who want to get into VR technologies a lot easier. And that's great because Vive is one of the top end. So yeah. a lot yeah, more people yeah. can probably afford, you know, 70 bucks a month versus $700 all at once. Yeah. 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 That's people's number one complaint is always is, is the price. Right. So yeah. it's actually very interesting. They're just starting to do like a kind of a credit credit payment yeah. plans, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Right, what is, it, is it, is it interest, is it interest free? Uh, I didn't look into it yet. I just yeah. was happy to uh, see yeah, it. Yeah. I, I doubt that it's interest free. Yeah. That would be dope if it was. Uh, like, hey, look, we know you're going to buy games. So we're going to get the interest back eventually. Yeah. But, you know, just... It's an investment in the game developer. I mean, I guess it's not too f- surprising if they do something like that. I mean, the Oculus dropped $200 off their price tag. Five oh, haven't responded. I know, like, together, it's like 600 bucks now, the controller and, and the Rift. So... Oh, yeah, $499.99 yeah. at Best Buy. And then the, yeah, they, the controller... Yeah, that was- yeah, that was announced at GDC as well, and I thought that I thought that was a pretty big deal because again, anything that will lower the price of a VR headset is a big deal, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And it, but it also tells me, but also tells me that Oculus is probably not selling as much as those headsets, those headsets of, as they want. Yeah. And so they're they're trying to you know they're trying to make it more enticing for folks to pick one up. Yeah. The less I yeah. last I read on the headlines is that in total all the VR headsets are around two million. There's about two million people out there. That's including the VR headset from Oculus and Facebook. And then PSVR is about one million. So PSVR like leapfrogged the over the other two, as expected. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty good chunk. And I think we mentioned this before, Resident Evil uh uh what number is that? PSVR. Seven. 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 100,000 bought that game with VR headset. They sold yeah. like over a million or something. But 100,000 people from the yeah. last time I read. 10% then. 10%. Yeah. It's a pretty good chunk uh, adopting VR, maybe PSVR or, or Vive or whatever. But it's uh, yeah, the- it's definitely there. That's the first thing I noticed. I don't know, Ray, if you walked on the the show floor 
as soon as you yeah. walk in, there were like every booth was a VR uh, display. Or show. yeah, but you know what? It was actually a lot less than last year. Really, last year was a lot more. Like last year, it was VR everything because like because the 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 headsets and stuff were just coming out, right? Yeah. And so like it was VR everything all day, all along. Like VR this, VR that, right? Mm-hmm. And this year it's kind of like it was a little more subdued. There's VR. Everybody had VR that was their boots, right? But it didn't seem like it was just like VR was the only thing people were talking about, right? right, right, right. Um, what did the, the big presence, you know, like, you know, all the major middleware people had big presences, you know, like Epic and Unity, of course, and then uh, Amazon. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Amazon. Like, there were some really big, pre- you know, everybody's pimping and showing off, showing off their. Yeah, they're fancy, they're fancy yeah. stuff. Right? Like as expected, the big players were there, but unexpectedly, I, I didn't anticipate so many Silicon Valley companies just hanging out with booths, like mm-hmm. a lot, just using real time engine for their own corporate greed. I don't know, well, to show off. <laughs> you know, there's a uh, our our friend Tav. Sean yeah. is going at Zooks, yeah, it's like autonomous yeah. cars using uh, Unreal. To I was just about, I was just, that. I was just about to mention them because they're also on a huge hiring spree, yeah, of game developer talent, dude. It's, oh, and yeah, and that's why they're at GDC, yeah. right? Because like yeah. they, that is just the hire people, right? They they want to yeah. be like, look at the cool stuff we're doing. Don't you want to work here? Don't you don't you think this is so cool, right? Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, because, you know, like they've reached, they've reached out to me, they reached out to a bunch of people, right? They're, they're on a hiring spree, like yeah. big time. Dang. Um, Mad money. So, well, what's, what's awesome about that is game developers who are using Unreal or just interested or have their skill set at a high level can now go outside of game development and be fully employed, right? You can lateral out of the industry, which gives you way more job options now. So that's, yeah, I'm it was, it was very clear on the GD show floor. Like these companies that are not traditionally game companies are not using it for games, yeah. but are using Boeing, technology. For, yeah. It, it, the yeah. trend has started. Like it, it's going to be a few short years. How, how, yeah. how are you going to Tesla? Yeah, unless you're a Ray who's making a lot of money and just want to make <laughs> games, it's like it's hard to contest the stability, the perks of a Silicon Valley company or, or a tech company. You know, well, I would I would say that I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that a Silicon Valley tech company is exactly stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to us, it's like. like like there's certain ones that are probably stable, and probably yeah, probably maybe it's more stable than say. Uh, video game companies, right? Yeah. Uh, but it totally depends on the startup, right? Because startups could be could be here today and they could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Well, so, let's just yeah. say that you can probably make a million bucks with your salary in like five years. <laughs> well, for if Ray, it's like two years. Yeah. If you're no, if you're extremely, extremely, extremely right. lucky, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, we should put the Ray salary stuff to rest. So, Ray, <laughs> look, everyone knows you make a shit ton as a high level engineer. So, I'm just going to tell the audience if you want to know how much it is, just think of a really high number and multiply it by 16. That's that's where it is. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, that's half of it right there. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, that, that was all the GDC stuff that I saw. Like, we're trending outside of our industry. Uh, you know, the major players are there promoting, uh, you know, the next level VR mostly. And, uh, you know, just it was just a lot of fun. You know, 
just hanging out with friends. So GDC for me was yeah. again a success, like every year. I hope I wish they had have something more like maybe it would just take the uh, excitement out of it, but something more along the year instead of once a year, you know, it, it really yeah. does feel like they just compile everything and, and unload it. And it's just so much information to go through so many yeah. talks. And unless you're a member or whatever, it, they don't really like throw these at you. Right. And even yeah. if you are a member, you got to really search through all the talks. I wish well, there's a lot of job at that. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, like, you know, the vaults, the GC vaults right. is, uh, available now. And there's, and there's actually part. a lot of free, talks on there right. like, like a, yeah. good, a good amount um well so if you like, even just follow gdc youtube there. yeah the gdc youtube is fresh with content like yeah. it is like yeah. they, they love to they post a YouTube. lot yeah good stuff definitely follow gdc on youtube yeah so i mean there are helpful links i wish there was better curation well, speaking <laughs> of curation, <laughs> speaking of curation, all right, let's just jump into this. And Larry, you, you can probably speak on this better than I can. The Apple sure. News Store, iTunes for indie. What the hell yes. is that? So, a lot of us indie developers making you know high quality iPhone games had the same problem, which is I'm throwing my one game into the ocean of games, hoping that enough people find it that you know it was worth my effort. And Apple finally, after what is this, 10 years of iPhone development now? Yeah. Are we, it came out 2005, 2006, maybe? Yeah. 10 or 11 years of making games on the iPhone, Apple finally has given you know, the noteworthy software developers who make indie games an opportunity to actually be profiled and promoted properly through a storefront. So noteworthy indie games now have their own storefront. And what I mean by noteworthy is like, everyone knows what it's like making a one successful game on the iTunes store a week later, 49 people have ripped you off and all of those games are available and for sale. But with this curated uh, indie store, if you were the guy who made Flappy Bird, it will be your Flappy Bird on that store, but then no ripoffs. It'll it'll just be like the indie game content that is polished and, and uh, needs deserving attention. So it's awesome because you can go there and support the little guy, but know that you're going to get quality content and you don't have to sift or filter through the poor games. Right. My only, the one thing I'm noticing about this though, is like, I don't know if it helps. Like, I don't know if it helps the indie developers that are not necessarily known. They might be making a polished, yeah. experience but like i'm looking at the the storefront or at least the image they show the storefront and it's all of the mobile indie games that have already made tons of money, tons of money. Yeah. threes monument valley you know the, yeah. the, the ones the the usual suspects that everyone talks about are great iphone games yeah so i don't know <laughs> the storefront. all this the indies or yeah. if, if it only benefits the rich indies that already have money yeah. right? this storefront is helping the ones who didn't need help <laughs> <laughs> this what it seems like. This yeah, what it seems like. I understand. Yeah. Well, what is it called? That they they started out with celebrating indie games or something. What was the official name? The advertisement. Yeah, it's celebrating. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it, yeah. right now if you open up the iTunes store, it'll say celebrating indie games. You click yeah. on that, and it'll take you to the storefront for yeah. indie. Games. Yeah, I'm looking at like I'm looking at it right now, and it's like what Device Six, Super Hexagon, Catapult, Ridiculous Fishing. Yeah. So the tiny ones are... tiny wins, threes, Monument Valley. You must build a boat. Like these these ones that have they've done pretty well. Limbo's done pretty yeah. well, right? Like like were indie hits. Yeah, yeah. 
And they got they got a section they got a section a little bit lower down that says newly discovered indies, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So these are the lesser known, right? So maybe maybe it will help, yeah. but working you know, up. yeah. What would I'm just be a better happy. way. Like even Steam is getting rid of their upvoting. Like what what is a better mm-hmm. way to curate this stuff? Because you're oh. at some point it's going to be overloaded, right? With someone curating. Force originality. Like the biggest problem with the ocean is you have the one whale of a game and then you have all the people who are trying to copy the whale's game. Right. Or that's a bad way to say, explain it. But you see what I'm saying? Like you have your flappy bird and then you have flappy Drake, flappy taco, flappy gorilla, farty bird. You, you know what I mean? Like 900 ripoffs all on the same store that people have to scroll through. That's killing the iTunes store, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as user experience is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I see that, like, it's nice that there's, there's a section and there's going to be some games getting highlighted here, but it seems like discoverability is still going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, Cause still getting, getting on this page is probably not easy, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's probably the same process you got to go through and mm-hmm. yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Is it worth it for Apple to actually hire like maybe just six or seven people who are just content scouts who do all the sifting and filtering? Or maybe they do have it already. But yeah, someone who yeah. is just like, look, I just play shitty games all day. And then when I finally find a good one, I, I forward it to the higher ups. Yeah, I think they do have people that are in charge of this. But uh, okay. but I, yeah, I don't even I don't know for sure. But, I you know, I know people are like, oh, I need to get in contact with that person to try yeah, to get yeah. my game featured on the store, right? So there yeah. seems to be somebody involved in the curation process, right? It's, it just seems like it's just reserved for these these big, big titles, right? You know, the main the main banner has the big titles that are already making a ton of money, so. Yeah. Is there a rating system uh, for these games? Users can rate their games, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So you can filter by top votes or top grade to yeah, yeah but i I, yeah. I think it still performs the way where after they release an update it only shows the ratings from the most recent update mm. so yes. i'm on the fence about that one because sometimes it's a good thing but then also sometimes it's a system that can be gamed yeah so well it's a system that does get gamed right like that's, yeah exactly that's, 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 that's well known yeah, that's, that's well known that's <laughs> <laughs> Dang, nine hundred down votes, huh? Better make an update. <laughs> or like, or, you know, dudes, dudes buy buy accounts and have accounts just randomly logging in and, and rating yeah. up their games, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah. So, is Apple st- from the last I've heard and talking to friends, like Apple isn't really a a first stop shop for for indie developers anymore, right? It's it's like mostly Steam first, and then. Apple maybe later type of deal. Like no one, no one's really going to Apple hoping that they have a hit on their hands or at least developing it first there. Uh, depends. Like there's still people making tons of mobile, yeah. mobile games. Right? Uh, people are still trying, you know, yeah. like, but I, th- I think, I think in general, a lot of users are starting to see, you know, even there was a time when steam was guaranteed money. Right, mm-hmm. and now even Steam is not necessarily guaranteed money these days, right? Yeah. So it's so it's like it's a lot harder to get notice. You know, like Steam, what is it? The number of games on Steam doubled doubled in one year, right? So it, it, it's crazy. Damn. Yeah. 
and they're getting had, rid of their like somebody light, right? yeah a friend of mine a friend of mine told me that and i was like i don't even believe that that sounds ridiculous and then i googled yeah. for it and yeah there was like doubled in the last year uh that's crazy yeah. <laughs> so, the, the way i think about the itunes store is the biggest problem i think it, it just boils down to your marketing and your noticeability and you can make money off the iTunes store. Like there's still benefits, which is you have a community of Apple devices that aren't going to just go and download your game from some stupid website because it's like open source or you can just copy the files like on Android. So there's a lot of security and safety that you get excited about, right? The thing is, because you know you're throwing your one game into the ocean of games, if you are not in control of some sort of like blog or uh podcasts even like us or if you're not getting eyes from somewhere outside of the store then forget about it people need to be going to the store already knowing that they want to buy your game yeah right and it's those people who are like of course we're going on itunes right like we'll make a ton of money like the oatmeal if they make a game and put on the itunes store it's like of course they're using their platform to market their game before you even go to buy it you already knew that that's what you were going to buy you know so yeah. i think that's yeah i mean marketing. no matter what they do like the basics is still there you just got to promote yourself build an audience yeah. And sell your yeah. yeah marketing marketing matters you know it matters in triple a matters in indie it just matters people need to know that your thing exists right right yeah that's the only thing like even with steam when it started small even apple started small like mm-hmm. right now samsung gear probably a lot of indie developers are trying to make that virtual reality game for for that system because it's still relatively yeah. new but i wish them i wish them all the luck in the world <laughs> but that, that's gonna get crowded <laughs> if it gets picked up yeah yeah the gold rush only lasts so long yeah it's you're gonna have to rely on your marketing chops or they must, yeah. they must get oculus to pay pay for their development yeah so, yeah too yeah. <laughs> all right so moving on uh i haven't upgraded my pc for a while uh, <laughs> and maybe this reason might help me so larry the ryzen am i pronouncing oh, yes. it right yeah ryzen i i'm really excited about this piece of information right here amd as hard as they may be facing or as hard times as they may be going through right now five years of development on this processor series and architecture they finally come out with something that is going to force intel's hand to stop throttling their upgrades and charging people $1,200 for like these incrementally different processors. Um, I mean, Intel, look, I, let me, before I jump back on Ryzen, Intel, everyone loves Intel processors. They're great. They're powerful. They're efficient, right? But like they had no reason to make a better recipe because nobody was competing with them. They basically had a, a monopoly because AMD wasn't able to do anything for so long. So now AMD comes out with the Ryzen, which is giving you on par or better performance, depending on which series you go for. I think it's like the 1500, 1700 or the 1800X. Ray, Ray's denying this. No, Ray's okay, so this is what they're promising. <laughs> this is what AMD is promising, I'll say, that they are giving you performance on par or better than Intel processors. But for at the most, what is it, 499 for the 1800X? Yeah. $500 compared to Intel's highest processor is going to cost you more than a grand? I mean, if you're just like, hey, I play some games and I do some video editing, but I want to do it at 4K and I don't want to spend $1,100, hell yeah, I'll buy a Ryzen and do it for 500 bucks. But now Ray, obviously, 
the reason why yeah. they make up the, the <laughs> please <laughs> please tell these people who are excited about Ryzen and myself as well because I see the value but I don't understand why it's better or worse than Intel I just see like the the Microsoft PowerPoint slideshow that says here's Intel yeah. here's Ryzen and I'm like oh that bar is higher I should get that <laughs> well well, well, it's out now, right? So you can, you can buy Ryzen's now, and yes. when chips come out, something else comes out with them, and that's the benchmarks. Yeah, and the benchmarks have, have shown that, yeah, no, uh, right? Intel <laughs> <laughs> is still better, especially for gaming. Actually, I, I just read something today yeah. saying that that Intel actually outperforms Ryzen chips in gaming specifically, yeah. right? And uh, there are some like like. So now, like Ryzen's exciting, yes. Like the, the number one thing is yeah. like the price point, you know, new, yeah. new architecture. There's some interesting things going on there, right? Higher, higher instruction, instruction um, being processed per per clock, and like all the technical stuff, like seems really promising, right? And uh, and the price, so you can't get, you know, like yeah. so. So I think that's the one good thing out of the whole thing is like it may it may uh, kind of push Intel towards uh, lowering the price. Yes. Because also the, the gap, I think the, the performance gap that are showing that's showing up in the benchmarks probably won't matter for most people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh but still like if you're like if you're Mr. I need the fastest CPU on, on earth, right, then it's still it's still an Intel CPU. Dang. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what the benchmarks are saying, right? So if you like I haven't really looked at them too in depth yet. Um, mm-hmm. but I but I, I have heard this is what I've been hearing through the through the grapevine, right? And uh and Nantech, and Nantech is a site that actually does very in-depth sure. uh, and they also do game to do yeah. game comparisons and so I'm sure they already have something on their site like breaking it all down, right? But from what I'm seeing though, uh the Intel that is outperforming the best Ryzen is not outperforming it by two hundred percent, but Sure, yeah, of course, it's yeah. definitely half the price. Of course, <laughs> so. of course. Like, yeah, if, it definitely. If you're if you're price if you're price sensitive, then hell yeah. Like the rest of us, yeah. this guy. If you're poor, <laughs> <laughs> price sensitive, this guy. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, like, if if price is the thing that matters the most, you're like, hey, I can uh, just get this. Is that is there a significant gap though? Like the on par chips to the processors to the Intel. Like, is it uh, a significant gap? Is it 30%, 40%? Like, is there an estimate that you can give us? Yeah, I'm actually looking at a chart right now, and it's, like, it's kind of hard to tell from here, but it's, like, at least uh, maybe, like, maybe that's about 10%. 10%? 10%. 10%. For, how, for half? 10%? For half off? Yeah. Come yeah, on, Something man. like that. Something Come like on, that. You know how old my processor is? <laughs> it's so old. Yeah. I'll take that. This guy, if you're poor and you, you want to swallow 10% for half the price. Yeah. But here's, okay, here's the thing, right? So I'm looking at a Nantech, right? And so they have, you know, performance per dollar, yeah. right? Yeah. S- Single-threaded, performance per dollar, multi-threaded, and performance per dollar overall. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And like when you get into the you when you get into like overall uh performance per dollar, Ryzen is is like up there competing with Intel and beating Intel handedly in some in some areas. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you're talking about performance per dollar, right? Um so it's so it's like, yeah, if you want to break it down to the straight up what am I gonna get for my dollar, 
then Ryzen's like a steal and you probably should should get one, right? Uh, but if you're like, yo, I need the fast, I need this to be blazing fast and get the most performance, then you know you got to pay for it, right? That's just that's just how it's rolling. But like like I said though, like maybe this is the thing that gets Intel to be like, okay, we need to we need to use on buyer prices okay. and then it could be yeah, yeah. Ray Ray is like, and if he sneezes for five minutes, he'll get, he'll make up the gap money that he needs uh, to man, buy the. Dude, I'm not buying. I'm not buying any new. But for the rest of us, that's like a month's pay saving, and I got my I got my PC sitting there, and it's it's not getting upgraded anytime soon. I'll tell you that right now. Oh man, yeah. give me your old PC when you <laughs> So, I'll, I'll I'll say this: I was excited about Ryzen because, like I said anything that puts pressure on Intel to innovate is good for the industry. Do I care if AMD and Intel compete? No. If either of them wins or loses, I don't care. What I care is that they're competing because that requires them to try to outgun each other. And that's only good for the marketplace. It's only good for us. Yeah. Yeah. When only us. one person. I see yeah. Larry <laughs> and me. <laughs> me and Brandon. <laughs> the non-engineer. <laughs> The the price sensitive individuals yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> I like that word. That's a smart way of calling somebody. Poor. I'm gonna go downtown LA and call these guys price sensitive. <laughs> no, because there's um, come on now. There's a there's a difference, right? There's a difference. Like they're like when you buy even when you buy a GPU, right? There's a difference. Like you're like, hey, I can get the top of the line GPU for like thousand dollars or whatever like that. But you're like, but I can't afford that nonsense. And the and what am I gonna get returned is not. Mm-hmm. Is that as valuable as the money that I'm parting with? You know what I mean, right? So it's just like, yeah, yep, it's like you have to balance that, right? So, yeah. and AMD knows what's up. I... AMD knows what's up, right? So <laughs> they know how to sell. They they know what they need to do to sell their to chips. Sell right? like, yeah. Here, here's the way I look at it from AMD's perspective. I think they're looking at the overall marketplace and they're saying more people are going to look at the 10% difference, but the $500 savings and being like, I'm rolling with Ryzen, yeah, right? Smart. I feel like there's only a 10% of that market that's going to look at the performance and say, I'm willing to pay that 500 extra dollars. Mm-hmm. So AMD is competing for the 90. Yeah, it's just free. It, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Other oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like uh, no PC PC World two days ago. The headline just makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, AMD re- reveals Ryzen five prices uh-huh. as it sidesteps performance questions. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> smart, keep your mouth shut. Sell yeah, processors. That's fine. <laughs> So this is our 399 processor. Oh, so where are the benchmarks? Uh, and then here's our 299 processors. Are you listening to the price that are coming out of my mouth? The price, the prices are nice well, though. The prices are very nice. So, yeah. Well, there all you I have need the Ryzen to yeah. do is just give me 4K gaming at at least 30 frames, which it can do. So I'm, yeah. I'm straight. I'll spend the 500. That's pretty good. Yeah. You need, but you need a GPU more, more for that than like CPU. Yes, you need a good CPU, but you're yeah. basically be more bound by your GPU for, for that. So exactly. especially 4K, 4K, shh, like okay. there's no, there's no like only the most top of the line, um, 1080, 1080, 1080 yeah. Ti is going to be able to do 4K, and 4K at 60 is a totally another. Oh no, I'm not 4K at 60. I like. Shh. 
Yeah, I'm that's my whole rig we upgraded. <laughs> I, I just want 30, dude. Just just let me know that I can't notice. I think I think I'm not exposed to 4K as much where I'm not so hungry for it. I I, I guess I need to go to Costco and look at the 4K. <laughs> go to I'm Best still, Buy. I'm I'm okay with the 10 1080. Like, 1080. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I'm just saying oh I'm about to spend money and I want it to last for yeah, a few yeah, years. Bro. And I know that we're at the cusp of 4K. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're 4K. Like I would I would at least say step up step up your resolution to, you know, to like what is 14, it? 14, 14, 14, 40, 14 at least, 40, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I mean, once you get to that point and then you start talking about 4K monitors and stuff like that, you need a pretty decent sized monitor to really know the difference. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then it that's just, just starts getting ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think we're at yeah. the point. I think we're at the point where I would rather I'm, I would rather use my power to get that sixty frames versus the four K, mm. right? But mm. all we could do, like when we selling all this stuff, all we could sell it is by saying, "Hey, four K, four K, look how pretty the pixels are," right? Because that's because we're visual and that's how we yeah. sell stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't think it's nearly as important as we think it is. So. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Good luck, AMD and Intel. I hope you're nervous because I would love for a, a Ryzen priced Intel processor. <laughs> well, talking about cheap and definitely not 4K, let's talk about Nintendo Switch. So, Ray definitely has. These segues are killing me. <laughs> At Unity, you show me your Amazon box. Shipping to you. It came out like last two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I got it. I got yeah. I got it on the Friday that GDC right um, finished. Right. So that's that's when it came out. I pre-ordered one. It arrived, and all was right with the world. Yeah. And, yeah. For for you people who are watching our live podcast, which isn't live at all right now, Ray, how was your unboxing? Was it everything? <laughs> wait, did, wait, I think Ray, didn't you post on Facebook the obligatory yes, post? Yes, of course. <laughs> everybody, because everybody, no, everybody was posting pictures of their Switches and like Zelda and everything. So I was like, yeah, let me post one too. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen those for a while since like PS3, maybe, where people were taking pictures of their consoles. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Switch, PS4, yes. Xbox One, no one really did that. Switch is special, huh? yeah. And I managed, yeah. no, and I managed to get a pro. I managed to get a pro controller too, right? So I was, I was happy. Managed, yeah. managed. Yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry, Ray. It's not out of jealousy. I just love how I'm you very phrase jealous. stuff. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, well, no I say, I, well, I say managed because I was searching for one, and I went oh, to okay. a couple places. I couldn't find it, but then I finally found it at a Target by the house, right? So I was like, oh, sweet, okay. sweet, I got one. Uh, because because like, we talked about this before, right? Like, yeah. like you know, I got I got decent sized hands, and I I didn't know yeah. about I yeah. didn't know about the Joy Cons and how yeah. that was going to work. Um, and the Pro Controller is definitely a better controller. So it, the Joy Cons is like holding a business card and trying to play a game. <laughs> basically, basically. So uh, Joy- so how was that? The Joy Con was it that? I, I heard there were some issues. Yeah, for some people. Well, yeah, there's like the sync, the sync issues that everybody was talking about. I didn't really experience that, but I didn't really play with them that long, mm-hmm. right? I was playing with it at home. I, I felt it was it was actually more comfortable than I thought it was going to be if you play it 
separated from the dock and you're just holding it in, in your each of your hands. I felt, and I was sitting in a chair and I felt pretty comfortable just like my hands were at my side and I was playing a little bit of Zelda like that way. It's, mm-hmm. it's very it's surprisingly more comfortable than I thought I was going to be. Right. Um, but the pro controller definitely feels better than that. Right. Yeah. And I did try, I tried the grip, you know, the grip that comes with it as well. And the grip, yeah, it's, it's all right, but it's not, it's just a little bit too big and bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or the spacing, the spacing just felt all, all off. Right. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it was all worth it because probably the greatest game that I've played this year is, is, is Zelda. This year, you mean that. three months in? How yes. many games have you played this year? <laughs> yes. And no, and no, and no, and no game and no game is going to come out and be better than Zelda this oh, year. Right. Yeah, I've been hearing so, things about it, yeah. They, they completely stripped and redesigned Zelda. They said, how many of the things that are classic about our games were, cla- or did we adopt because of technological limitation, right? And so I'm actually happy that they could add a big franchise like that and, and say, like, what can we separate ourselves from or redesign it and do better? That's a big risk. But there's Yeah, a- but, it's, but it's also still very much a Nintendo game. Okay. At the at the same time, right? Like, uh, like they, there's like there's no handholding. Like they just say, "Here's the world. Figure it out. Have fun. They explore, and yeah. figure out how to do stuff." There and it's and it's just so well designed and so well done, yeah. right? That only really only Nintendo does yeah. stuff like like that well, right? So, um, so that's like the first Zelda all over again. Yeah, figure it out. That was Zelda one's high concept. Figure it out. <laughs> so you say, yeah, yeah, I wish I could. Wish you can what? I was saying that I wish I said I was wish I could talk about it like a lot, but that would like spoil a lot of it because I think it's this it's, it's just so good. It's just so good. Yeah, and and you said what other games I've been playing, right? Like I I got you know I got Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. I got Near Automata. Mm-hmm. Right, I got uh, for honor. I didn't get for honor, no, no, uh, yeah. Ray's not that good at fighting games, yeah. Oh, snap! <laughs> I should just show you my Street Fighter stick right here. And say, Shut up, anyway. But uh, it's not about the sticks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, and also, like Horizon Zero Dawn's gotten a lot of love. It's, it's actually a really good game as well, mm-hmm. like really well polished, really well made, yeah, right. But then when I and I was actually going between that and Zelda at the same time, like mm. I played Horizon Zero Dawn one night and I played Zelda the other night, right? Mm-hmm. And Zelda just is a better game, yeah. like by a large margin. Yeah, you know what? Design wise, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go back to the same point, but I'm so happy that like a big franchise that has a formulaic approach to what they do or what they're known for could say you know what let's shake it up on purpose Mm. like not let's not let's like oh we need to react to bad sales previously and do something new but like hey everything's fine but we're gonna shake this up on purpose right (laughs) horizon zero dawn a big triple a company says we're not gonna make another kill zone and maybe sony might have had part of that decision as well but them making a brand new ip that's like completely out of left field and do so well it 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 excites me because I want to see other companies like, hey, we can be AAA and still be artists again. Like, I want that to come back into the game industry where AAA isn't, we need to make part six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, because we need yeah. guarantee. Like, 
take a risk, make something cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish that would that would happen. <laughs> Ray, Ray will not. He won't let your your idealistic balloon get ten feet off the ground before no, he hits no. some realism. No, but I, I feel no, I feel you. I feel you because it's funny. I saw I saw an article again. Another article uh, uh-huh. talking about talking about Horizon sales, right? Yeah. But Horizon did it's it's a record for new IP on a Sony platform, right? Yeah. And then I was like, well, it's easy to set records when like nobody's really releasing new IP, right? Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if that's the is that's your qualifier, it's like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, there's you know, there's barely any new IP coming out, right? Yeah. Uh Last so, Guardian is the last PS4 new IP I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. But think, how much did Zelda sell? I think, I think they announced what was it? Two million something? Uh, 2.16, I think. 2.16. Within the week or within? One, seven days, yeah. And to clarify, uh, Sony exclusive new IP. Mm. uh, Yes. Last Guardian was the last one I could Because Horizon is also Sony exclusive new IP. Yeah. Well, do you guys think Uh, that, from what I've read, like the 10-day sales outpaced the Wii, the original Wii? Like, do you think this is on the way to beat it or or is it just this this little spurge i i just saw a blurb that like they need to uh double production uh excuse me uh yeah. a double pr- production they right need a double production yeah yeah they to said me. they said they're gonna double yeah they're doubling production to beat demand and and that will put them on pace the outsell the wii u already yeah. the wii u or the wii the wii u <laughs> like like i don't i don't See, I don't, I don't, that's another one of those like not hard to do facts. Yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah. Why, I'm not sure. It was like, I'm not silence. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Switch can outsell the Wii. Like, the Wii sold like a lot, right? Um, so I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I do know like uh, one of the major selling points of that thing is like, you know, I'm on the train going to work and I can play Zelda yeah. on the train. Yeah. I think, I think that's just amazing. Yeah. How long is it exactly? And then if you have a- it lasting for you with the batteries. Your commute is probably an hour, right? So I guess. Yeah, yeah. It lasts longer than my commute there and back, right? And it's, you know, they say it's about three hours. And so my commute's way less than that. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. You just charge it at home, play yeah. it to work, play it all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. I think we made people who didn't even like video games play video games. So that's going to be a difficult one for them to break again. But the Switch is definitely going to beat the Wii U. The Wii U had no idea what it wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Wii U is just terrible. And, and honestly, like, I think what what's helping the Switch sales, too, is, like, having Zelda launch. Because, like, mm. yeah. like, basically everybody that bought a Switch, almost everybody Zelda that bought a Switch, yeah. got Zelda, right? And everybody's obligatory post, I see <laughs> Zelda <laughs> right next to the Wii U, <laughs> the, the Switch. Exactly. You know, is, there, it's a, is there another game out there? I keep hearing Zelda. Right? Well, well, there's, there's more than one game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like at launch, like there was four or five. At launch, there was nine games in the store. Oh, nine. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, a lot of indie, a, lot, a lot of indie games. Yeah, Shovel Knight was on there. This game called uh, Sniper Clips or something. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, some indie games, and then just this week. Um, a whole, a whole another batch have gone up on the store. Uh, so there's like, a, there's like a bunch of um, 
Neo Geo, old school Neo Geo games are up on there, and then some other some other indie indie games, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mario Kart is around the corner. There's uh, some other game that's coming out very soon. Um, I can't remember. I was just looking at it today. Uh, so, so there's just things coming down the pipe. You know, Mario's is coming Christmas, right? So it, it's looking it's looking pretty good. And the fact that the there's a lot of indie games getting on there pretty quickly um, is a testament to like, yeah, uh, I think people are ready to embrace the platform, which will help with sales, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I think like all I think all the Nintendo haters out there, including two people that I'm talking to right now, just need to be. I don't hate Dude. Nintendo. <laughs> Being skeptic doesn't mean you hate. It just means you're not ready to love. Yeah. Skeptic skeptic is a is a nice way of saying that you hate this. <laughs> well, doing a better job spacing out the titles. So that was even they acknowledged the fact that they, you know, went through at least with the Wii U, like long slates of non no games coming out and that mm-hmm. that really hurt their marketing power. That really hurt like people getting excited about it and it just slowly mm-hmm. died off. So right. I, I think right now they're doing a pretty good job just having at least their games spaced out where Right. People and you know, and, and all the major all the major uh, not all, but two of the major engines uh, support switch. Support, right? Yeah. Unreal and can't wait. Something else I forgot. Yeah, some other one that you can't remember. Yeah. All I'm going to say is this. <laughs> if Nintendo is like, hey, you know what? If you can just make a cool game and be a developer on our developer program and we'll just put it on there. If if that actually happens for like regular mom and pop level indie developers, I'm behind Switch 110%. There's nothing I want more than to have something that I made on a major console, knowing that it was like a two-person thing. Like, sure, I could work on a big game again, but I'm talking about like Larry's Ice Cream Truck Simulator, right? Like, go get it. It's on the Switch. If, if, if Nintendo will make that a possibility, then I'm all for it. Yeah, actually, I just remembered the game that I was talking about. It's called a uh, Snake Snake Pass. Snake so Pass. You're, you're snake like Pass. Snake. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. the snake yeah. eating the apple thing? Is that the game? Is it it looks like it's like it's kind of like a yeah. physics physics platformer uh, where you control so the snake. It's not the right. original snake. Game. No, no. no, no. That, that's the Nokia Nokia's snake. That you're <laughs> bomb, man. <laughs> well, anyways. But, but I should say one bad. I want. I should say one bad thing about Zelda, right? Because I was like hyping up a little bit too much. I think. What about <laughs> the, the one bad thing is like there's some interface choices. Like when you're cooking, it's kind of a pain. You always have to go into a menu to to put stuff together to cook your your meals. To and as you cook meals, you get, basically you could get meals that have uh, status effects mm-hmm. and also give you hearts back and all that, right? So, and going into that menu constantly is a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And, and just just figuring out, like, how do I cook, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was a process, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and also, like, the fact that to heal, right? There's no, you know, most games have quick quick heal or something like that that you yeah. can assign, right? Nah, you have to go into the menu to heal, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of a cumbersome, yeah, cumbersome, cumbersome UI, Right. Yeah. It sounds still, like more life skills that you lack because you eat out at fine restaurants <laughs> with a pinky out and you never get hurt because you have no, no, health care. No. It's so, so hard to cook. You complain about cooking in a Zelda game. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be really good. 
though, but the cooking but also, yeah, but the cooking system is dope too. Yeah. Like just the, the system itself is, is is so dope, right? So any any sort of arduous process to do something that should be simple in a game just doesn't belong. It, it should be fixed. I, I understand that. Well, speaking of cooking, you can't cook without salt, and you can't be salty <laughs> without Carmack counter suing. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. So I believe the last time we talked, we kind of talked about Oculus and like with Facebook yeah. and Oculus eventually winning, uh, and they're bringing that to what's the second part? You go to uh, to appeal. They're appealing it. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But then so Carmack, no money has been paid yet. No money has been. If you paid. appeal, yeah. yeah. But Carmack doesn't like to go long without getting paid. So. <laughs> He's suing Zenimax over unpaid uh, buyouts, I believe, like thirty million dollars of, of. Yeah, yeah. It's what was it? Twenty two, twenty two point four, twenty two point four million dollars. Yeah, it was in, pretty exact. So you know, he's not bullshitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, he it's basically Zenimax Zenimax stock that he was awarded when they bought it, right. and he wants he basically wants to sell them back. Mm. the stock as per agreement somehow mm-hmm. and he's saying that they, they don't want to do it because they're they are salty mm-hmm. that they get as much money as they wanted in the in the court case right and so he's mm-hmm. suing them to, to, to buy back the shares so you get his money and they have nothing oh, to do. they're gonna lose that yeah that. <laughs> if that if it's as you describe they they may as well write a check yeah it's that's, that's what it's that's what like you don't you know i've looked at the court documents read the whole story right but it's like i i tend to believe carmack over his edimax honestly right, right? right. So, yeah. yeah he's the engineer so yeah. I, i've already seen companies not want to pay uh, deserving developers their money, hence Respawn Entertainment exists. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. This before, <laughs> just pay. <laughs> and like, and just even, and just even like the quotes, the quotes back and forth between the lawyers is just hilarious, right? Because you just like they're like, oh, they're they're be he's being dishonest, and you know he's just sour grapes, and like, it's like damn, man, like can't we just all get along and just like be civil, right? It's, it's crazy. Look, yeah. I have to say, point to in this agreement where it says sour grapes, <laughs> and yeah. you don't have to pay. <laughs> just if, if you could point that out, I, I eat, don't pay. <laughs> you know, nowhere in this does it say anything about my attitude and what you have to do to pay me my money. <laughs> it is is, uh i mean if the appeal doesn't work because i uh, like zenimax didn't stop if we're going back to the oculus versus facebook they didn't just stop about getting paid in the appeal they want all the stocks to be pulled off the shelves right they don't they want to see the sale and everything yeah they want to stop it from being sold yeah yeah i mean is that strategy of them just really wanting to get their money and stuff no that's yeah well that's them being super salty right yeah like they're just they're just super salty they're like nah we don't want you guys to make any money off of something that we think is ours right yeah but but of course if you paid them a whole bunch of money then they might you know yeah. they might reconsider yeah <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> salty yeah this is a it's just they're trying to take like a whole right like vr is in its infancy and it does not need any catastrophic hiccups like this 
Like no, nope. as a game yeah, they developer, see, but they why? see the dollar. They see the dollar sign, man. They see the money. Yeah, as yeah, a game yeah. developer, why would you? Yeah. I mean, they make great games, but if I'm working over there at Zenimax, one of their companies, like what the fuck, this guy? <laughs> It's like suing their own employees and trying to shut down an industry that that is the future of industry. It's like, like what kind of signals are you? Is what kind of PR are they are they promoting inside their studio? Like, hey, don't worry, you know, you guys aren't hard shit yet, so don't worry. You're not Carmack levels, so we're not gonna do that. You're not you're not spawning indie projects like the VR projects, so don't worry about that either. Oh, we, we already talked. We already talked about this. Like, yeah. Zenimax has been known. It's been known to yeah. been kind of, kind of, kind of shady. Like, what for, else for, have for they done that's major? Can you refresh my memory? Uh, I can't. I can't remember. But there's there's stories like years ago about like just like fallout yeah. stuff or what? Yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well, we're about that time. So, you mean it's that time where we say, "I'm Larry Charles. I'm feeling all right." Game Dev Unchained podcast. I'm saying good night. Thank you again for joining us at this week's roundtable, Ray. We'll uh, invite you back, maybe on the next <laughs> one. You're definitely coming back, and maybe we'll invite a special guest so it's a little bit more of a square than a triangle table. Sweet, this is Brandon Fam. I'll see you guys next week. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Peace out. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.